Hello, and welcome to Signature Witch, the podcast where we explore captivating stories of passionate individuals using their unique talents and gifts to make an impact in the world. I'm your host, Melissa Dudek. What's your signature? For this first episode of Signature Witch, I wanted to take my listeners through a journey of the last 10 years of my life and to really get a glimpse of how I got to where I am right now. I think it's really easy for us to sit back and look at different people in our lives and be like, wow, good for them. They're in such a good, great spot without ever knowing or being able to acknowledge the peaks and the valleys of the journey that got them there in the first place. So this is my attempt at doing that. It's a bit of a doozy. We jump right in. Um, my friend Emily, I'm so grateful for her. She interviewed me for this first episode, but know going forward that I will be interviewing other people. Um, for the rest of these episodes. So I hope that this first episode and the ones that follow give you some insight, some motivation. If you are someone who is in a valley or a dark period of your life right now, know that the sun is always going to come up tomorrow and that I'm here with you. So with that, enjoy this first episode of Signature Witch. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Signature Witch, our very first episode. I'm shitting my pants a little bit. <laughs> I'm a little nervous too, and I shouldn't be. I know, you really it's shouldn't be. It's not even be. about me, it's about you. So this other voice you hear here is my friend Emily. Um, we've known each other now for like a year. Yeah. Wow, happy anniversary. <laughs> um, we both are instructors at Higher Ground Fitness, and it was probably like five or six months ago now. You and I, I'll never forget, I was driving home from taking a spin class in the city and I was on the highway and I remember us going back and forth, sending us, sending each other like an inordinate amount of voice notes <laughs> back and forth to each other. And you had said, you were like, you should be like either on the radio or have a podcast or something yeah. like that. And then all these, you kept asking me questions too, because I'm a psychic medium. We're going right in. We're not even going to go skim code <laughs> anything. Hi, I'm Melissa Dudek. I'm a psychic medium. Um, and Emily was asking me all kinds of questions about it. And <laughs> And I was like, as we were going back and forth with all these voice notes, I'm like, listen, if and whenever I do do a podcast, you will be on the first episode to interview <laughs> me. And holy shit, here we are. So I, because again, I was like, I don't, I feel like it's weird for me to just sit here and be like, hi, this is me and this is who I am and what I do. Yeah. So I would rather have you, yeah. who's someone who knows me, but has only known me for a year. Right. Like, so there's a whole several, there's a whole book I've lived before yeah. knowing you. <laughs> um, I was going to say chapters, but it's a whole book. Um, so I was like, here we are, we're going to really do the damn thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I think we'll just jump right in first, like tell everybody who you are, your context of life, just so they have a perspective of who's talking to who. I'm literally crazy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no. So, well, I think I should just start by saying, I think our, I, I'm going back to these voice memos and I'm like, why like did they even start? Right. I, yeah. I don't um, cause I think I would text Melissa before I even met her in person. and I, But that's me because I yeah. treat everyone like they're my best friend yeah. um, because that's how I want someone to treat me, you okay. know? Yeah. So, but I think it's, I think it honestly started because you were giving me dating advice and telling me, one, like these men that you are talking to are garbage. Yep. And two, like if you can't pick your nose in front of them, then they're not it. 100%. <laughs> pick your nose, take a shit, whatever. 100%. You can't be yourself. Like, do not even jump. No, no. And I was like, what is going on? So then um, when I saw Tish, who is like yep. another psychic medium for Hillary, yes, 
that's what it was. I was like, what? Is-? I'm like, I'm like, Melissa, you're not, because you're a psychic medium, I texted you and I said, you're not going to believe this. Right. But like what Tish told me, like the men in my life, she's like, you need to like crumple them up <laughs> right away. Because Melissa told me, um, if you ever have a question that you like really want to be answered, you need to write it down on a, on a piece of paper next to your bed, next to a glass of water, because water represents life. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it, it won't, it's not going to happen right away. Like, I thought I was going to lay my head on the pillow and like all of my Enter into this like, magical <laughs> yeah. dreamland of all the answers. I know. That's and what everybody thinks. That didn't happen. <laughs> um, but then fast forward, like maybe a month later, I went and I saw Tish and I'm like, you're not going to, can we swear? Yeah. We're not going to fucking believe this. <laughs> I'm like, I wrote it down on a piece of paper and Tish said to me that I need to crumple the piece of paper up and throw it away. Yep. And I was like, okay. And that I think is when I started being like, yeah. Like, who Wait are a second. You? What is going on? <laughs> okay. Um, Devil woman. Yeah. No. <laughs> but like, I was like, wait, she is magic. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. And then I was just like curious about you. And we're, I think we're also super similar when it comes to mm-hmm. like our minds. Taurus energy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're just like interesting. But me, I'm just me. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's like the easiest way to put me. Um, what you see is what you get. Love it. And wasn't always like this, but we are now. Yes. And that's the best thing about life. Yes. No, I love it. And you remind me so much too. Like there's a a few people here, but you especially like you remind me very much of I think I've told you before, like of myself too. Like because we're only like three, four years apart, I think. And like, but where you're at, like in your mid to late twenties, like nobody talks about how turbulent of a time that is. Cause it's like whether you went to college or didn't go to college, whatever, you're in a period of your life where like, you're just expected to be an adult and to mm-hmm. like, know what you want to do. And it's like, no, yeah. this is your time to like face plant through yeah. life and figure it out. And like, and that's why like, so Emily had gotten like, let go from her job. How long ago now was it? Like, um, it was in January, right after right. I had set all my resolutions and thought it was going to be like, the best <laughs> work year of my life. Yep. That's how it happens. No, but like I've I say to people now, like like when that happened, my instant reaction was fuck yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Like I got so excited for you because like that is when the magic happens in your life. Yeah. When you have no idea what the hell is gonna happen, you get the rip rug ripped out from underneath you. Yeah. And you have to just like take a look in the mirror and be like, Who am I and what do I wanna do? And yeah. I feel like the people I almost feel bad for the people that like go into college and know exactly what they want to do and they get out and they get that job and they are in that job for I mean it it can be a great thing if if it truly aligns with you and your soul's purpose like you are so lucky and you are in like a one percent of the entire population of the world of existence and I envy that like almost because then there is no uncertainty of like am I even doing what I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing um but I think it's you're way better suited me you anybody in the world like if you just do things, try it. If you literally face plant, you get fired, you get laid off, you get, you have to quit, whatever it is. If it comes to an abrupt end, there's yeah. a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And like, and we'll talk more about like the specific instances of why, but like, I've come to like, literally get so excited when I fail at things because it's like, all right, that means, okay, I failed at this. This is going to now pivot me and point me in a different direction that I yeah. wasn't looking at before. Yeah. I was so focused on heading down this one path and doing this one thing. And one of my old mentors and coaches once said to me, the universe will throw a lot of little pebbles at your window to try to catch your attention before it throws a brick in your face. Mm-hmm. And I've had, I've eaten a lot of brick. Like <laughs> I eat brick for breakfast basically, but no. Um, but it takes those 
eat brick kid moments like home alone yeah. <laughs> i always think eat brick kid <laughs> like it takes those moments for you to really have to sit back and be like holy shit okay yeah. what are we doing yeah um so that's like and this podcast and like where i'm at right now i feel like is me i'm not at all ever going to say like i am exactly well i am exactly where i'm supposed to be in life but it's like i want to go other places yeah. it's not where and i don't want to say it's not where i want to how do i want to put this like, do you think this is where you wanted to be? I didn't even know this was a yeah, thing. Right. Like, five, ten years ago, you were if you were like, you're going to have a podcast called The Signature Witch, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. That sounds stupid. Right. What kind of a witch are you? Like, <laughs> that would be me. Ten, and, I, and I just put up a post recently. I just turned 32 last week. And I put up this whole post. And it was a picture of me the night before my college graduation at dinner with my family, just my family. And then I think one of my best friend, Nancy came, I'm pretty sure. Um, she went to the Fitchburg too. And I look at the, that picture specifically, but then also most of the pictures from my college graduation and my heart breaks because I was at a point in my life where I was in a relationship for about a year, a little over a year with a kid up at Fitchburg. And like, he was on the hockey team. I was on the softball team. And like, it just we both made sense we came from similar families and it but it was a very awful toxic relationship on both ends I was equally as guilty as he was I'll never sit here and say like I was a full victim no yeah. I was a piece of shit too yeah. we were both in like really shitty parts I think both periods of our lives very shitty um but that week of college graduation two months before that I had had an abortion I had gotten we had been in a blowout fight I'm talking like screaming in my apartment kitchen in college and, and I literally, it was like in the back of my head, I was like, I literally think I might be pregnant yeah. and like, but I, you don't want to be that girl. Yeah. That's like, we're about to break up. I'm pregnant. Like, yeah. but literally I yeah. was like, okay, well, I don't know what the fuck to do right now. I'm think I might be pregnant. And he was yeah. like, would you take a pregnancy test right now? Yeah. I was like, absolutely. So he drove down to like Walgreens, CVS, whatever it was on John Fitch Highway by Fitchburg state. And this is so funny. Cause this is, this is where I'm like, i common thread to my core of still who I am he bought the store brand of the pregnancy test I took all three four however many were in there they were all positive mm -hmm. I was like you need to go back and get the actual like <laughs> brand like, name I need a clear blue I need a whatever I needed to literally tell me pregnant, pregnant. or not pregnant yeah. I'm not playing this line game yeah whatever so he did I literally made him go right yeah. back down he got the other prop like, like the other pack. <laughs> six positive tests I know <laughs> So on top of that, there say there were four tests in the pack. I took three and I made him pee in one cup because I needed to see a negative test. I needed to know that, the, that there would be a negative if I wasn't pregnant. Like I needed. And his came back negative, right? Yep. Okay. There, were, there were about 18 positives on the counter and one oh, negative. Oh my God. What, so what were you thinking when that? Immediately, no. Okay. You, you never. <laughs> my dog is here. She's just hanging out with us. You need to lay down. Get your toy. Okay. It was an immediate no. Yeah. He was a year younger than me. He still another year of school. Mm -hmm. He was, again, the captain of the hockey team. Yeah. I was about to graduate. I had no job lined up. Yeah. I was planning on literally literally living in my parents' basement, yeah. like no exaggeration. It was kind of a cool setup. My There's a bar <laughs> in my parents' basement. My bed was backed up to the bar. Yeah. There's a bathroom down there. Yeah. It was great. Perfect. Laundry, great. Yeah. <laughs> Ideal seller-dweller situation. Right. <laughs> no, but I knew immediately it was a hard no. I was like, I'm not bringing a child into this situation. Yeah. Also, like what I'm going to a raise a baby yeah. in my parents' basement. B, am I going to like 
bring this kid up to Fitchburg to like go see his dad's hockey yeah. games and whatever. Like, no. no. So I just knew immediately that it was not at all an environment to like sell. I mean, if I know people that have had kids that young and whatever, and they killed it and yeah. they did great. Yeah. I myself, I knew that just absolutely not. My gut instinct yeah. right away was no. Yeah. So the other thing too was that we both come from very Irish Catholic families. Mm-hmm. And so him and I basically had to make a pact that we were not telling either sets of our parents. Sure. They, he, know now? they know now. Okay. And we'll get to why they know. Okay. But um, my, my parents know. I have no idea if his parents know. I have to assume they do. I've been I've become more public in the last couple of years about the fact that I've had one and apparently no longer friends with his mom on Facebook. Some of his family members have deleted me off Facebook, which is fine. I get yeah. it. I respect it. Like, yeah. boundaries are important. I yeah. get it. But so making that pact was like really hard because like. I knew his parents were an absolute, absolute no. They would have been not okay at all with it. Mm-hmm. My parents, I think, they immediately wouldn't have been okay with it, but they would have been like, we understand. Like, yeah. I don't think they at all saw me living yeah. the rest of my life with yeah. that kid. Like, they, yeah. my parents, I am one of three girls. I am the oldest of three girls. Like, <laughs> I definitely blazed quite a trail for my sisters in terms of, like, the dating world, whatever. But they knew that that was not a life relationship. So, yeah. But it was just hard because I felt like, so I ended up calling my aunt. I was very close with my cousins in Natick growing up. I spent like half my high school career literally hanging out with them to the point where like my first long-term high school boyfriend went to Natick High. And like, I worked at the Natick Mall at Abercrombie (laughs) in high school (laughs) driving an expedition. So I was spending more money in gas getting from Dedham to Natick and then spending money when I was there. I was losing money at this high school job. It was ridiculous. But anyway. I ended up calling my aunt because I was just like, and I knew that she had gotten pregnant before her and my uncle got married, but their situation was basically shotgun wedding. She found out she was pregnant. We're like, okay, we got to get married. So I was like, I'm not doing that. I was like, I know I need to get an abortion. I want to do it the right way and all this stuff. And so she was like, okay, so I'm glad you're thinking about this clearly. And I've talked to my doctor, she like my primary care, my OBGYN, um, we, like it was like a week or two later I ended up going through with it and I have to I do I will give credit where it's due he was really great with me that like week week and a half where that whole thing happened yeah um so this was like March 2013 first week of May 2013 he we had a like a he had a family wedding one of his cousins got married and (laughs) this is literally six six eight weeks after my body is like mayhem hormones like I'm about to graduate college I'm mentally physically emotionally a mess this whole time so we were about to break up yeah and I was like I think I'm pregnant and I was (laughs) and I was right and then we had an abortion yeah and then we never really went back to that whole like wait are we still breaking up yeah so unfortunately because we never did that we go to this wedding and the signature drink happened to be blueberry cosmos and I was just fucking slinging them back (laughs) So it was just like a whole weird day. And like, he was just super like naggy. And this, and this was just how he was. And this was the toxicity of it. Like we went to the church. I left my phone in his car because we're at church. Yeah. We get back in the car and I'm on my phone. Like my mom had texted me and I went to go text her back. And he was like, are you going to be on your phone all fucking day or what? And I was like, I literally left this in the car. Yeah. I'm just, ch- my mom texted me. I'm yeah. sorry, whatever. So then it's early May. The reception was at this restaurant in Burlington and we get there. And I had this like little shawl cardigan thing on. We find our table cards. We go in there and we're going over to the bar to like get a drink. And then he was like, you gonna like take your sweater off or what? And I was like, why is, why is everything I'm doing bothering yeah. you? Why do you care if I have my sweater on or not? Right. Like what? 
And then the whole night, it just kept going downhill from there where it was like, there would be slow songs and stuff that come on. And I'd look around and I'm like, where the hell is he? Yeah. And people would ask me, his, where, this is his family wedding. Yeah. They're like, where is he? Why are you guys not? I'm like, I don't know. So then it starts to be dance music again. Then he finally reappears. I'm like, where were you? He was like, sorry, I can't go outside and smoke a cigar with my uncles. And I was like, you can, but you just like, give me a heads up. Like, I'm just standing here with my fist up my ass. Like, and your whole family is <laughs> asking me where you are. I don't know. Yeah. So it was just a lot. And at that point I had started getting like tipsy, drunk, whatever. And I was like, I need to just go recollect myself. So I like beelined it to the bathroom. His mom follows me. And she's like, what is going on? And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I love your son, but he's an asshole. And she goes, oh, I know. Looks me square in the eye, dead in the soul and goes, oh, I know. I go, what? She goes, I married the king of the assholes and he's the spawn of an asshole. Excuse me? I literally like felt like I left my soul, left my body in that moment. I'm like, because then I'm like, and also like when you're younger and stuff like that too, you do think about like, we get married and this right. would be my last name and we're at a wedding yeah. where it's his cousin and yeah. all this. And I'm like, this is my potential future mother-in-law yeah. talking about my potential future father-in-law and, and my future husband. And so you're telling me I'm going to give birth to a third generation spot of an asshole? Fuck that. Yeah. So I don't know. The night went on and I 100% blacked out. Like, yeah. I don't remember. What I remember was waking up in our hotel room and he was in bed next to me. It's like, you know, like when you wake up that morning and like your your eye, one eyelid yeah. opens and you're like, what where? Happened? First yeah. of all, where am I? Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm in the hotel. This is good. This is good. Yeah. This is where I'm supposed to be. And then I like took my leg and I like went to go like put it on top of his to just like feel it out. And he immediately ripped his leg away. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, something happened. Yeah. I don't know. But we're in one bed. The next bed over was, I think his dad or no, I think it was his mom and his sister. I don't remember. But it wasn't the whole family in the hotel room for some reason. So then we wake up. We're like getting ready to go to breakfast. We go downstairs to breakfast. Nobody is weird. Everybody's like, oh, like, what a great night, whatever. If something, like, really bad had happened, they would have been like, you would you know, feel, you it. feel it. You feel it in the room. And, like, like, everyone's judging me. Yes. Yeah. And I know that now. Like, I'm a very empathetic person. I'm a very energetic person. Like, I can very re much read people's energy. I didn't really know it at that time. Like, so I wasn't fully confident in it. But, like, nothing felt weird. Yeah. And so he didn't speak to me basically the whole breakfast. Mm -hmm. We finally get in the car, and I'm like, what is going on? He's like. You don't remember. I'm like, clearly no. no. And all that I had been told from his mom and his sister was that, like, we went to, there was a restaurant in the hotel, like, the the lobby of the hotel that we all went to afterwards. And I was very drunk. And I'm also, like, I don't even have to be drunk. I just fall asleep places. Like, I think I'm undiagnosed narcoleptic, to be honest. <laughs> Either that or it's, like, my ADHD is so bad to the point where it's, like, once my brain is done, it's done. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. all gas has been expended for the day. So, they had said, oh, you were like kind of starting to fall asleep at the table. So we brought you upstairs to go to bed. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Cakewalk. Fine. Things could have been a lot worse. Things could have been <laughs> way fucking worse. So whatever. It was fine. So but then so he was like, you don't remember this. Fast forward to the morning. We're back in the car. Like, no, I don't remember what that your mom and your sister had to put me to bed. Like, sorry. Like, I know that. Yes, that is embarrassing. But sorry. Whatever. He's like, no, you fucking hit me in front of my grandparents last night. And I was like, I what? First of all. I've literally next there was like I think one time where our relationship had ever been physical and it was he <laughs> we're gonna have to absolutely put the explicit rating on this thing 
He called me a cunt. And so I shoved him into a wall and then tried to punch him in the face. Hello. Yeah, that obviously warrants being physical. This was a terrible relationship. I'm telling you, if like if I haven't made it that clear, that was like in the middle of our relationship months and months and months prior to that. So other than like, I am not fighting my boyfriend. I am not like in an environment around their family like that would never. I feel like your mind also was no in matter... so many different places. Like, yes. You were just so drunk because you didn't want to feel anymore. Right. You're not you're not getting drunk so you can then beat up your your ex. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So if that did happen, that's super fucking embarrassing yeah. and I feel like a piece of shit if that did happen. Yeah. If it didn't happen, what the hell are you even trying to do right, right. now with accusing me of that? So once again, it's like, it's glazed over. We kind of like, he dropped me back in my apartment. He went back to his apartment. We're like, we'll figure it out. We'll talk about it later. We're just going to go our separate ways for right now. But it wasn't, we didn't break up. Literally less than a week later, I think it was that following Thursday was the last day of classes at Fitchburg, which is known as spree day, Mm -hmm. which is last day of classes. You wake up literally six, seven o'clock in the morning and just start drinking. Like, (laughs) and my senior year, actually, I didn't have. Um, little shot glasses, like the plastic yeah. jello shot glasses. Right. So I made alcohol jello in a bar glass and I ate it with a spoon for breakfast. There's no, like, that has no bearing on the rest of the story, but I just needed you to know that. <laughs> that was my breakfast that morning. That's Everybody a very got... me thing to do. Though. So <laughs> I know, I'm now feeling... at 26 years old, I would still do that. <laughs> I love it. That was my breakfast that morning. But no, I was like, it was a very weird time. I was like super sad. I was like, this is my last free day. I also didn't get to play softball my senior year because I tore my ACL junior year. And there was a new coach senior year. And I was like, I don't want to have to try to like, A, prove myself to this new coach and B, I don't know. I loved playing softball, but it was a lot. Like I went, it was a D3 school. And I was like, I was actually still surprised with like how full blown committed you are the whole year. Like 48 hour rules are no joke library hours are no joke yeah 6 a.m lifts are no jo- this again this is d3 like yeah. this is not d1 yeah. and it was still a huge time suck so like i didn't get to go on any spring breaks the right. spring break trips i went on were spring training to florida so i was like senior year yeah no whatever i'm not gonna play mm-hmm. so it's spree day my ex also hated when i smoked weed mm-hmm. and i'm very cannabis friendly yeah. i have been basically since high school luckily now it's legal yeah. <laughs> but I, but like, I'm also, so right off the bat, you should know I'm diagnosed with depression, anxiety, ADHD. Um, those are the top three basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I've been medicated for all three was not medicated at this time for any of them, not for ADHD, for anxiety, nothing. So weed was my, like, I was diagnosed with depression at 14 and Mm -hmm. I didn't know until 25 because my parents didn't tell me because, um, I don't know why it's un- unresolved still at this point. So that was kind of, that's also been a tough thing to try to figure out and deal with. Cause it was like, this was never really like addressed or treated or, and I've just come up with all these crazy coping mechanisms my whole right. life. And now I have to unravel all of that and yeah. get to the core of it. But so with weed, we like, it helped me sleep. It made me like take the, help me take the edge off where other people, if it, they were like, Oh, I'm a fucking vegetable on the couch, whatever. Like, I'm planning on being completely fucking open, transparent, and honest on this pod. Like, I've done coke before. Coke brings me to baseline because I'm so ADHD. Yeah, like, right. I have never enjoyed doing coke, like, yeah. ever. So it was just, like, he hated that I smoked weed. To him, me smoking weed was, like, being a cokehead, mm-hmm. being, like, on fucking, sh- like, crazy shrooms or LSD or something. Like, first of all, chill out. No, it's not. <laughs> like, You're like, I'm actually not shooting up heroin. I'm but Correct. <laughs> yes, yes. But 
And if you've seen me or met me in real life, like my eyes are a pretty dead giveaway if I'm high. Like yeah. they immediately, one of my friends used to call them American flags because <laughs> I have blue eyes and they would get so red with like yeah. the veins. They'd be like, oh, the American flags are out. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So we had gone to, we meaning my best friends at the time and I had gone to a party where like half the school must have been there. It was nuts. And Fitchburg's not a big school. So right. to say yeah. that is not really crazy, but um, ton of people there went upstairs and like, there were a bunch of guys that like my roommates and I used to go and smoke weed with. Like there was none of us were like hooking up with each other. It was like a very platonic, like our relationship was yeah. solely based around marijuana. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you get to college too, you're able to decipher like this man wants to fuck me or this man really is just my friend. Correct. And yes. like, you don't really have that in high school. In high school, everyone just wants to fuck everyone. Yes. And then you like yes. grow up and you're like, wait, you're actually a better friend than half the girls I talk to. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. No, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, we went to one of that was at one of their houses and we went upstairs and they were like, they were, I think juniors too. And I was a senior, we were all seniors that they also joked about that. We were like their cougar. Mom. Like they didn't want to fuck us. Right. But they always, people made comments to them about like, you guys always hang out with like these three girls. Like, how do you know them? Why do you know them? And they're like, Oh, there are like cougar smoking friends, whatever. And yeah. we're like, okay, totally platonic. Totally fine. And everybody knew I was in a relationship. I, I think both yeah. of them were in relationships. Too at the time. Like, I know where this is going. So we smoked. Yeah, you do. We smoked. They had a celebratory blunt ready for us. Like, and it was like also wrapped in resin Like when they do that fun spiral. So it was a death blunt, basically. And I'd had no such eye drops with me. I had no such way of hiding anything. I walk out of that house and he shows up (laughs) and he looks at me and I like I could see the look on his face. And I was like, it's literally my last spree day. And he was just like, you know how much I hate when you smoke. And I was like, it's again, my last three day. I don't know what to tell you. He goes, you're a fucking joke. I don't want to see you the rest of the day. Okay. You won't. And it was like, I was so, I was such a shell of a human. Like it, he literally said that. And it was like, you always say that I was such a shell of a human. Like, I, whenever you're talking about your past, you always say I that. was. And it's it just makes like crazy sad. because that's not it's not you. me now. I know. But yeah. like I was like I was so easily influenced by anybody around yeah. me. I was a total like chameleon. I yeah. went along for the ride with whatever anybody wanted to do. Yeah. Never, ever took a stand for myself. Like and it sucks. I mean, and it's like, like I said, I look at those pictures of myself and it's I'm I mean, through therapy, too. Like you do like exercises of like write a, yeah. write a letter to your younger, right. whatever. And they're like, use a picture if it helps you. And like that. So that's what I've done. And like looking at those pictures of myself, I really, it really does make me sad, but it's also on the flip side. I'm so proud of where I am now because I know who I am and I know what matters to me. Correct. Exactly. So he says, you're a joke. I don't want to see you the rest of the day. And like, it was basically like someone could have just like flipped a hair off my shoulder. I was like, okay, fine. I won't see you the rest of the day. And I, none of my friends knew this. Like I, this was a separate conversation I had with him, like off to the side. They thought we were just talking and whatever. We went our separate ways. And so then my friends and I leave, we go, that party got broken up. We go to a different party. Him and his friends go to another different party. Then those ones get broken up. This is like the bingo game of just going to Fitchburg and or it being spree day. Mm -hmm. The cops actually, cops sent out an email the day or two before spree day saying, this is the list of houses that we will be monitoring heavily. And one of them was our apartment. And so I like, I took a screenshot of it and I put it on Facebook. Like I was so proud that our house was considered one of the, like the biggest like, party houses I'm on fun. campus. I was like, we're actually not having a three day party, but like, thank you so much for having us on this list. I feel honored. So then like 
all these different parties are getting broken up. So then you just have people wandering the streets. And my friends and I were looking around. And then all of a sudden, we're going down a street and his house, the hockey house, there were like a buttload of people there. They're like, Melissa, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell us there were people at the hockey house? And I was like, I didn't say anything. I was like, oh, I don't know. I didn't know that there were people like, they didn't know that I literally was like completely trying to avoid my ex. So we go there and I know that I'm like entering the devil's lair. I'm like all the whole hockey team is there. All of the girlfriends, all of like any, like it's a very, very specific crowd of like, these are the people that we all hang out with. We all know each other, whatever. Probably solid 50 plus people there. We're in the like side yard and all of a sudden I can see him and he sees me and I'm like, fuck, he's literally like a bat out of hell beelines it straight towards me i told you i didn't want to see you the rest of the fucking day you're a fucking joke we're over with get the fuck out of here you're a joke all this shit my two ex they're now my ex-best friends and we can talk about that later but they their heads were on a swivel they were like what is going on and they didn't like him they thought he was like a fuck boy which he was like and whatever but you can't see it when you're in it it is what it is it was like out of a movie they came out of nowhere they like both grabbed each of my arms they like whisked me out of there like fuck this kid let's go we're leaving and i was just like i had like a ten thousand foot stare i had i was like i just fell off a thousand mile an hour train i was like i don't even know what the fuck just happened because like i'm drunk i'm high it's my last free day i'm sad i'm like all of these different things going through me so i'm just like numb i don't even know what the fuck is going on so they're like fuck him he's an asshole all this shit so that happens. Then there's a four or five day period between the last day of classes and then, or a week long period probably, then graduation. Right. That's a long time. So I was just up there, up at Fitchburg, hanging out in the apartment, whatever, muddling. And I was talking to him like, so this is really over. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, so my parents have a reservation the night before graduation where it's supposed to be all of us plus you and your parents. Mm-hmm. So am I calling my mom and telling her to knock the reservation down by three? And he said, yes. So were you like asking him this because I don't know what, like you didn't want to believe that you yeah. were breaking up yeah. or I don't you know were, like stuck in that. No, like we, like we're meant, we're supposed to be together. It was though... so, it was, I didn't want to be the like, Oh, did you know? So-and-so and Melissa broke up. Like yeah. there, I don't even think there was any Adam of my being that wanted him there. Yeah. It was more for the appearance and the like making things look like they're fine and they're normal and whatever. And then involving the parents means it's very real and we have to have very real conversations about yeah. like whatever. So it's funny that this is like that was you then because <laughs> you are so like, yeah, sometimes my life is a shit show <laughs> versus like, you know, when you're in college and you're like 2021, 20, you're like, I want everyone to think that I'm perfect and my yeah. life is perfect and yeah. like white you know, white picket fence mm-hmm. and we have the dog and whatever, we're going to graduate mm-hmm. and we're both going to work in corporate America mm-hmm. and like do all this stuff. Like, yeah. So that's, that's honestly every relationship. Like yeah. that's every college relationship. Like we are in love or like a high school sweetheart situation. Right. And it's just funny to hear you say like, I needed it to be perfect because yeah. that's just not you. I know. <laughs> no. Oh, that makes me thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that. Cause Again, it's taken a long time for me to like yeah. really be okay with I being mean, messy. I think you're perfect like... because <laughs> because of how you are, but like you know, yeah, you know, no, I know what you mean. To see like inside the house. Yeah, mm-hmm. how, yeah, exactly. That's really what it was. It was just it was all for show. And it's funny now. Instagram came out in 2010. Yeah. I was a sophomore in college. Yeah. 
and that's what Instagram, Instagram has perpetuated that of mm-hmm. the, I mean, Facebook is a highlight reel too, but fa- Instagram even more yeah. like with filters, filters weren't a thing until Instagram, mm-hmm. even Snapchat came mm-hmm. after that. Um, so like the whole putting a filter on a picture and like putting a filter on your life, literally, that's what you're doing. Yeah. And that's all I was doing was just trying to make it seem like, yeah, I was the hot shit senior with the cocky captain boyfriend and, and now it's crumbling underneath me and people had no idea how sad I was. There were very few people too that knew about like the abortion and mm-hmm. all of that too. So, but then to be very publicly dumped in front of the whole team, in front of my best friends, in front of all of our friends, yeah. our entire like network, whatever. I don't know. That was just, it was, it was a lot. And it was, I don't, it was definitely one of the like formative <laughs> traumatic moments, periods of my life. But then it was, so then in like July or something, so my best friend, Nancy, she was his age. She was, had another year to go. So she had an apartment up there. I went to go visit her one night and I was like, (laughs) and this is horrible and I never, ever want to perpetuate this. But, you know, after a breakup, you like anxiety, you like lose weight a little bit too. So I was like ready to go up to be like hot shit, skinny girl, whatever. Because I knew he was still up there too. And I like brought this whole outfit and did the hair, did the makeup, whatever. Saw him. We had like a very like, kind of normal okay conversation like cordial wasn't mean it was fine Mm -hmm. then there was another girl up there who was like when I was a junior she was a freshman and loved her I thought she like loved her energy I thought she was hilarious like and we used to bring her along to parties with us like there used to be parties where you'd like have to show your your Fitchburg one card whatever and show that you went there and like there would be literal parties where freshmen weren't allowed and I'd be like oh no no she's she's with us like (laughs) again being that bitch that's who I thought I was back then like, no, she's with us. It's fine. And like brought her around. She was like my little sister. So I saw her at that party too. And I was like, oh my God, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She's like, so good. I had this whole conversation with her. We sat up on, on, it was one of those houses that like, it has a front porch and like the roof comes up. So we were sitting on the roof, yes. on the roof of the porch. Um, and we were just talking about everything. And I told her about the abortion and the wedding mm-hmm. and the, all of it. And she was like, holy shit, dude. Like, I had no idea. Like, that's so fucking shitty. I'm like, yeah, it's been a lot. Like, I, but I feel like I'm finally like, okay. And I had also just found out that I got my full-time, first full-time job out of college, um, which was a shit job, but at least it was a job. But yeah. so I was like, proud of myself, whatever. I think I had to run back to Nancy's or something to like get more beers or something. I don't remember what it was. Probably like an hour went by. I went to go back in to go find her. I opened up the door of the room that we were don't even tell me this is going where I think it's going. Keep going. I'm nervous. She's straddling Shut him. Shut the fuck up. Straddling him on the floor and they're making out. No. No. Yeah. No. He's laying on the floor. She's on her knees, hands on like all fours, making out with him. I had a half full Bud Light in my hand. I literally fucking shook. I could probably, <laughs> I could have probably been like arrested for assault for, with that because like threw it right at her, drilled her. I was like, you got to be fucking the violence is never the answer. Kidding me. No, violence is never the answer. You're right. You got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. It's just After like, what? You literally just told her everything that happened, and now she's, like, acting like he is the It would have been one thing in general for her to do this. Yeah. And then that's on top of that five minutes, basically, mm-hmm. after I just told you I've had the most traumatic yeah. four months of my life. Right. Like, whoa. So two of her friends like hear commotion upstairs they both start coming up the stairs they're like what is going on I'm like I wish I could say their names but I'm not going to 
I was like, well, say it's Betsy. It's not Betsy. But I'm like, Betsy, you better go get your fucking girl. Your, your girl's a fucking whore. Like, she's straddling, she's straddling him right now. Yeah. And she's like, and she literally puts her hand yeah. over her mouth and says, I literally told her not to. I was like, excuse me? So apparently, like, she had had some sort of either, like, I don't know, crush on him yeah. or had been wanting to hook up with him or something. Fast forward now, girl's a lesbian. <laughs> Oh, shit. Plot twist. Wasn't expecting that. Which almost makes me even more mad because I'm like, what was that for then? (laughs) I was not expecting you to say that. I thought thought you were going to say they're dating, they're married, they're whatever. No. I'd be like, oh, okay. No. Like, it makes it a little bit better if they fell in love, I guess. Like, good for them. But just kidding. She actually realized, oh, no. You know what? He just sucks so bad. She was like, that's it. Like, I'm into girls. He was it. fucking blow. Yeah, he was (laughs) was the end of her. Uh, I say I'm not a violent person. I did swing at her. I was like, Melissa. I know, I know, I know. That was the only, literally the only two times in my life, actually, that I've been like, and I'm telling you, it was the most toxic period of my life. I was the worst version of myself in this period of my life. So everything that I'm telling you, like, I want people to like, almost know that because it's like, you just said, I would have never thought that about you, whatever. (laughs) 10 years is a long time. You could be a completely different Mm -hmm. person in fucking Mm -hmm. 10 years. We are. We are. We are. Exactly. Exactly. So that was that. Um, then that, that turned into like, I basically just had, I blocked him on everything. It was like, yeah. I had to just go with cold turkey. That was one instance of, I've had a friend hook up with a boyfriend. I, a second one with those two girls where I was like, yeah. oh, my ex-best friends. One of those spring trainings where I had to go down to Florida for softball. I was dating a kid from home and he had two best friends. I had two best friends. We were all single. Mm-hmm. So every time they came up to Fitchburg, everybody had a hookup yeah. buddy, which was like, whatever. Yeah. So I had to go to spring training for in Florida for spring break, and they all hung out for the St. Patty's Day parade. Everybody got shit faced. Spark no diversion. Um, the kid that I was dating had hooked up with one of my friends, and the other two, they were, had rented a hotel room because they were all shit faced and couldn't drive home. Whatever the reason was, the other two were in the bed next to them, like the other bed yeah. next to them. So there were two beds, and I didn't I didn't find out about this until like three or four years later, yeah. and. I had gotten in a fight with that ex, the guy from home, and he had made a comment of like, you think I'm a piece of shit. He's like, your friends aren't as loyal as you think they are. And I went, I lost it. I was like, don't you dare come at my friends. They would take the shirt off their back for me. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. I, they are my blood, whatever. And then three or four years later, one of those guys that used to come up, I stayed pretty good friends with him. And he was a bartender at the old Jose McIntyre's now at Central Wharf. I went to go get a drink one Sunday night when he was bartending and he was talking about someone completely different, but he compared it back. He was like, oh, yeah, kind of like, I'll say Lucy and Pedro. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. Yeah, kind of like Lucy and Pedro. And I was like, that actually happened in his face. He was like, wait, you never actually like gone. I was like, no. So then it's finding out that your best friend that you lived with hooked up with your boyfriend four years ago that you didn't know about. And then it's also your And you other... were still friends with her at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's also that the other best friend also knew the whole fucking time. So I was the only one yeah. out of the loop. Right. So that sucked. But like, that was like kind of my early 20s in a nutshell. Yeah. And it was bad. <laughs> it got a little bit better after I graduated. I like, um, like I said, lived in my parents' basement. Yeah. I got this job at a mutual fund company where what did you go to school for? So I originally wanted to be a graphic designer. Okay. That's very Melissa Dudek. Yes. Today in the present. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. So I would literally like, I'd, 
get into these classes and we do like class critiques and stuff. Yeah. And it was, I felt like Billy Madison trying to write cursive. Like <laughs> everybody else is doing beautiful calligraphy and I'm yeah. like, what is going on? So then I was, I switched it and I started just, my advisor was like, just take classes and stuff that you like. And yeah. like, so I was like, okay, I took a little bit of business, a little bit of art. <laughs> and then junior year, she's like, all right, honey, we got to like figure it out. Yeah. I was zoned down on this. I ended up with a bachelor of science interdisciplinary studies because I had a double minor in you see my face right now. I don't know what that means. <laughs> in, interdisciplinary studies is basically like different areas of expertise. Okay. Okay. So I had a double minor in um, psychology and communications okay. and then a double minor in art and business. Okay. So I tried to combine it all together to call it a marketing degree because Fitchburg didn't have like a marketing major. I they had that, communications. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of my like, yeah. And that was like, and at that time, no idea what marketing really fucking even was. Yeah, I no. took a marketing class and learned about the four P's of product yeah. placement, all yeah. that. But like, I wasn't like, I had no idea what like a marketing department does mm -hmm. or like a marketing agency. I was just like, yeah, marketing. It's like so, when people go for a business degree. Yeah. I don't know. So that's what I did. I was yeah. like, I have no fucking idea. Um, <laughs> I, I'm an agnostic But it's degree. fine. Like it's a generic degree yeah. that you can do so many different things right. with. We don't even use a degree. I mean, you kind of are now, but yeah. so <laughs> you definitely are now. But <laughs> Took a while though. You're oh, you're you're one of the one percent. But it no, it took well, it took a long time. So your first job was in marketing, technically. No, no. my first job out of college was I was a phone rep at a at a mutual fund company. Shut up. Yep. How horrible. It was terrible. And you thought like I'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life, or you thought I'm gonna be doing this for a year. I had a relative make a comment to me that said, "There's a lot of money to be made in the money business." And that was like a kiss of death for me mm -hmm. because I was, I, I'm two speeds. Yeah. Stop or go. Yeah. And if you tell me that, like, it's go, mm -hmm. let's fucking go. We're mm -hmm. going to go. Yeah. I, you're great. That makes sense to me. So I had gotten an interview with this mutual fund company. Um, I was a phone rep and then I got promoted to like a correspondence rep, which is like, you're writing letters instead of on the phone. But this is, it's actually funny. Again, now looking back on all of it. Also in high school, before I worked at the Natick Mall, I was a phone rep for the American Red Cross, calling blood donors, yeah. trying to get them to come in and donate. But so then I was a phone rep at um, the mutual fund company. And now, and we had to go back and listen to our calls oh, because no. we would get graded once a day. You get a one, three, or a five, and you were expected to hold at least like a three average or whatever. Yeah. And so you, but you'd have to go back and listen to her. You couldn't, if you put someone on hold, you had to ask them, you'd be like, do you mind if I put you on hold? And you'd have to give them a time frame mm -hmm. for two to three minutes. And then when you put them on hold, the timer starts. If you don't go back to them within that three minute time frame, you fail the call. Things like that. The finance industry is one of the most regulated industries. Mm -hmm. So like I had to learn, I learned everything about taxes, retirement accounts, like all kinds of, which now I'm like kind of grateful that I did it because yeah. it's like, I know a lot more than I would have. Um, but all those phone jobs too. Now I think about it. I'm like, I've had to listen to my voice more than most people have had to in well, their life. Horrible. So I guess this makes sense <laughs> that I'm doing a podcast. Um, why you're on mic at Higher Ground Fitness yeah. and why you're doing a podcast. It's because we love ourselves. It's because, <laughs> yeah. it's because I just wanted to listen to my voice all the time. No. Um, but so then when I was there, I had actually that same relative had then had a buddy who was a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch and okay. he was looking for a business development associate. Yep. So like someone help him, someone to help him build his book of business. Yep. So I interviewed for it. I got it. And when you are trying to become a financial advisor, you have to get a whole slew of licenses. Yep. So when you go to get your licenses, 
there's like I think it's licenses and like with buying and selling mm-hmm. um, stocks, bonds, all this stuff, but then also like life insurance, health insurance, yeah. all that. You have like say there's five tests. Across those five tests, you have two strikes. You can fail twice. Mm-hmm. Once you fail, or no, you have two strikes. When you fail the second time, you're out. Like you can fail once and whatever. So I took the series seven is the first one you took. You do the series seven and then the 66 and life and health and all this. So I took the series seven. You need a 72 to pass. And you find out on it's a three hour test. It's at one of those like actual testing yeah. centers, whatever. They print out the thing. I got a 70. Okay. We took it again, right? We took it again. We got a 68. Wasn't meant to be. Wasn't meant to be. <laughs> but like legit got fired. Oh, shit. Got, like, and it, they waited a week for some reason. I'm like, what mental terrorists are you that you made me come to the office every day? So, <laughs> but, like, before that point, you were like, okay, I'm going to be a financial advisor. And this is going to be my yes, life. Like, because money. Where- and, like, and, and I do give myself a little bit of credit in the fact of, like, when I was on the phone with these people at mutual fund companies, it's honestly really sad to see how many financial advisors are so out of touch with their sure. clients. Someone will die. And, like, we can either only talk to the person whose name is on the account or the financial advisor of record financial advisor of record can has all of the power that the person of record has Mm -hmm. like so if you have a financial advisor like know how much power they have Mm -hmm. over your accounts like in whether that's good bad or indifferent like someone would die and some people would just be like oh sorry like I don't know what to tell you about your dad and like they these poor kids like can't get into their dad's account but then this guy is like, oh, sorry, I'm out on like my yacht. Can't figure it out. Like, so my my thing was like, I'm going to be the the different one. Yeah. I'm going to be the one who really cares and like yeah. wants to really help people. Like, again, this is just like my toxic trait of like <laughs> trying to take it that fucking level deeper. But so like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be the like superwoman of the financial and yeah. industry, whatever. No. So I get it. And I was like, it wasn't like I got a 20. Yeah. Like, I no, you almost made it. I almost made it. <laughs> so like which i don't know if that's better i know or worse. That's what I, I know i feel like i was almost smart enough that's what it always comes down to it's like we, you either almost make it right yeah or you like excel yeah 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 okay, so i failed the series seven twice so once i failed the second time i was like fuck like now what tomorrow i'm gonna go in and they're gonna fire me yeah nope <laughs> i took it on the tuesday i went in on wednesday nothing i went on thursday nothing friday nothing that following monday nothing that following Tuesday, finally, I get called into this guy, and I, I will say his name because I almost like feel bad for him. Like I think it truly broke his heart to have to oh. fire me. Like it was this guy, Mike Lancaster. He was like in his like sixties, and he was like the head of a bunch of different brand branches. And like I really like you could see, honest. It wasn't like he was like, well, you failed. You know yeah. what happens now. Yeah. It was literally like he sat down and he like just like made this face at me, and yeah. I, and I literally just go, I know. And he was like. Shout out, Mike. Shout out to Mike yeah. Lancaster, wherever you are, man. I know. <laughs> Good for you. Like, I'm sorry that you had to do that. Yeah. But, like, to the point where literally, that, like, they were like, you need to, like, pack up your desk and we, and we need to walk you out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is literally, like, out yeah. of the movies. Yeah. So that was a humbling experience. Um, luckily, this was also before I found out about the ex-best friend hooking up with a boyfriend so one of those ex-best friends we had booked an all-inclusive trip to Jamaica okay. for a week or two later ironically <laughs> enough and I was like fuck it it's already paid for yeah we're going. going yeah but I will never forget being there I'm like standing on the cliffs of Negril looking out into the vast nothingness and I'm like what am I even going home to yeah like I have no job I live in this townhouse in Waltham that I 
I cannot afford right without a job I have no boyfriend I like what am I doing yeah. and it was just and I I remember being in that moment holy shit this is like a very scary moment of like mm-hmm. and talk about the symbolism standing on the cliffs no, but for real like, you're like well now what but like you're looking out like literally the world is your oyster you can do anything yeah. you want and you yeah. even told me that too you're like yep. Emily you can you, like it, this isn't a sad thing no. like you can do anything that yeah. you want yeah anything anything and you don't think that you think like I'm a loser yeah you know yeah <laughs> like, no I'm a deadbeat I'm a yeah. job I don't have a job I'm yeah. applying for unemployment yeah. what yeah. like no so we go home and that weekend was my friend Nikki's birthday and I'll I can Nikki's still a really good friend so we'll call Nikki out and actually Nikki's gonna be on the pod amazing shout out Nikki shout out to Nikki (laughs) um so it was Nikki's birthday it was the weekend following us getting back from Jamaica and my friend that I had gone to Jamaica with at the time she was like I'm super tired I think I'm just gonna want to stay in tonight Mm -hmm. and I was like okay I was like I think I'm just gonna go to Nikki's birthday like I don't I've literally got nothing left to lose and like I'm is this how we meet Paul? Okay. So I'm the psychic one, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I go to Medford. I walk up on this back deck. Nikki comes out the back door. But the first person I see when I go up that back deck is my now husband, Paul Dudek. And I literally was obsessed with Paul before I was dating that other kid. I was like a freshman or sophomore. And my friend Lauren was hooking up with his friend, we'll call it Mountie too. Mounsey's great. Mounsey's married. They're both Lauren and Mounsey are now married to separate people yeah. and have children with them, yeah. which is hilarious to <laughs> think about. But like, so I was like, who is that kid that's always with Mounsey? Yeah. And she was like, oh, that's no personality, Paul. No personality, Paul married Melissa Dudek. Yep. No. <laughs> married Melissa Wadman. Yes. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, so obviously I'm like, we'll see about that. Yeah. So we're at a party. And this, again, this is rewinding back to Fitchburg freshman, sophomore year. Um, we're at a party someone's in someone's kitchen. People are playing Root. And I, like, see him. So I, like, and mind you, at the time, too, you also didn't know me in this phase of my life. I had a tongue ring and a lip ring because I was a little sloot. <laughs> no, but literally. So, like, I got my lip pierced. And they're oh like, don't drink beer because you could literally give yourself a yeast infection. I drank beer that night. My lip was the size of a fucking mango off my face. It was I'm, I was a degenerate when I was in college like no joke oh my god hence why okay so I go up to Paul and I'm like hey I'm Melissa he looks down like over his shoulder down at me and he goes nice gives me a quick little nod and looks the complete other direction I was like oh oh my god no he he literally is no personality Paul okay um sick so I'm like, he hates me. He hates me. He no, hates- 100%. I he disintegrated hates- into a thousand pieces. Like, he hates me. I'm never putting myself out there ever again. Mind you, Fitchburg has one dining hall. Yeah. So if there's drama, you had like a miscellaneous hookup, whatever it is, like you're not avoiding this person. Yeah. Everybody. It's like the most fucked up thing. DACA brunch on Sundays was like, it, there should be Bravo cameras in there. Like it, it's incredible. But so I was like, I, I basically tried to avoid him for the remaining four years editor's note here I also well actually we just said I tore my ACL in college when I tore my ACL I still like went out to parties on crutches and like one of my friends was a SWAT person for Halloween one year yeah I put on a SWAT vest and I used my crutch and like it was a gun and like so this is again you're getting the full picture of who I was in college here so fast forward now to we're at Nikki's birthday Nikki I'm like 
hi, happy birthday. What the fuck is Paul Dudek doing here? She's like, what do you mean? Like, he's like friends with like a bunch of our mutual friends and whatever. I was like, I didn't know this. Like what? I was obsessed with him in college. She's like, oh my God, that's so weird. That's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like sweating. I'm like immediately regretting coming now by yeah. myself. Yeah. So we're out on the back deck. I'm not drinking because I drove from Waltham to Malde- or Medford, wherever we were. But people were passing around a blend. I'm like, oh, I'll sit and smoke. Yeah. So we're sitting there passing around a blend. So he's ironically sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, actually, before that, we were all standing in a circle on the deck. And <laughs> this is, I had a feeling he didn't know who I was, but this was me kind of like testing the waters. Yeah. So someone, some other kid goes to introduce himself to me and he goes to shake my hand. And when he shook my hand, it was like the most limp, dead fish handshake. I've ever had a shake my fucking hand. And I called him out on it. I go, what the fuck kind of handshake was that? I was like, you call yourself a man? (laughs) And like, Paul literally, it was like his like face almost like lit up and he looked at me like, who is this girl? Yeah. And so, and I was like, he didn't, again, didn't say anything, didn't do anything. So I was like, okay, we're still good. We're still good. So then when we're all sitting around in the circle, passing around a blunt, he's sitting next to me and he's like, so how do you know most of the people here? And I was like, oh, he really doesn't know. Yeah. I was like, I went to Fitchburg. He's like, no, you didn't. But at this, like, at this time, the, so the second time you're meeting him, like, you have no tongue ring, no lip ring. No, okay, no. So he's like. I have a fresh ass tan yeah. from Jamaica. Yeah. And I'm like, again, I probably anxiety skinny. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So anxiety. he has no concept of the I'm jobless. Yeah. I don't know how I'm paying my bills tomorrow. Right. Like nothing. Right. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, baby. Yeah. So we're sitting there. He's like, oh, I'm like, I went to Pittsburgh. He goes all four years. I'm like all four and he's like oh weird like I don't remember you then my friend Maddie comes around the corner and he, and he goes he something someone said or something or whatever there, there might have been like a crutch in the house or something and he's like oh like remember that time you stole my SWAT vest and you were like shooting people up pretending to shoot people up at the party with your crutch and then yeah. Paul goes holy shit you were the hot girl on crutches and in that moment I had no idea if I wanted to just pass away or be like you just said I was the hot girl like I I was such at a loss I was like wait yes that was me (laughs) like so I was like yeah I don't know he's like oh my god no I think I do like remember you kind of whatever I was like do you remember like viciously turning me down in the kitchen of 83 Highland and he was like what no and like I told him the whole story and he was like I don't have zero recollection of that. Oh, like, what are you talking God. about? Yeah. And so whatever we were, we ended up talking to the point where like, we, it was us talking. And yeah. then like the blunt was gone. Like people started to go like back inside and then it's just Paul and I out on the back deck and we talked for literally like hours. Uh-huh. So then we're like, Oh shit, everybody's like inside. Let's all go in. And then I noticed what time it was. I was like, I should probably get going. Like I'm not going to crash here. Yeah. Um, and then it's so funny now thinking back, like you could tell he got like so nervous. He's like, Oh, well, um, can I like get your number or something? <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, yeah, you can have it. So I give him my number. And, and this is why I tell you, if a guy wants to fucking talk to you, he will. Yeah. He texted. I was, I was like, do I text him tonight? Do I text him in the morning? Yeah. He texted me before I even got home. And he was like, it was really great to like meet you tonight or something, whatever. Perfect. And then again, and then the next morning, same material. Yes. (laughs) And like, and that was, that was literally the start of like the whole trend with my relationship with Paul. And like, and I'm not saying that to put myself on a soapbox or a pedestal or whatever. Like I had toxic fucking yeah. relationships and I need everybody to know you should absolutely not settle. 
because someone out there wants to fucking take care of you and someone's not going to play the fucking games Mm -hmm. and they're not going to dick around. They're going to make it known that they want you and only you. And so he texted me then the next day and he was like, we should get out, go out this week. Do you want to get some? And we went out on Tuesday. And then ever since then we've been dating. And so you never had like, I mean, I'm just like a little fucked up for no. like my life, but like there was never. Have any... you not been listening to me for the last? I know. I'm just like, but like your answers obviously let me know. Like you never had like any sort of reservation. Like when you were talking to him, like you just automatically felt like this is like where I'm supposed to be and who I'm supposed to be with. No, I, I mean yes and no. Like I knew that obviously there was something in me that I was attracted to him. Yeah, but I didn't know, really know who he was. Right. So I like we went out on a few dates, and I was like, I was like, yeah, we'll see where this goes, and it was like. And the the first date, so this was like were you nervous? June, yes, <laughs> so nervous. But we went to Jake and Joe's in Waltham, which was great. Loved it. It was very casual. Um, but while we were there, we were talking about like I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like after college, I kind of wish that my my aunt lives out, or as of recently they moved back here, but they were living out in like the Bay Area. And she said she's like, if you ever want to like move out here, find a job yeah. out here, like you should. Totally, and I, not I don't regret it now, but like there was a period of time where I was like, fuck, I really wish that I did that. Like what was I trying to do with this whole finance career? Like I should have just gone out to California, did my little, and I said this to you before, and I think you said like lived my little drops of Jupiter life, yeah. like gone to figure myself yeah. out. And I love saying like, you know, the song drops yeah. of Jupiter yeah. of like yeah. looking for yourself out yeah. there, all that. But like, I wish I, I almost wish I had done that. But so when we were on our first date, I was talking about that. And Paul was like, you know, it's weird you say that I have an aunt in San Diego. And I thought about the same thing. And he's like, but then we recently just found out that my dad is sick. And so mm-hmm. like, I'm too nervous now to leave in case like something happens and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And yeah. I was like, Oh God, like, what do you mean? And yeah. he had just been diagnosed with melanoma. And in May, 2015, we started dating June, 2015, mm-hmm. which is like, it's so crazy thinking like Paul and I have talked about it. He's like, the timing of that is just like, so crazy yeah. that like, he's like, it's crazy a, because you never knew my dad as not being sick. He's like, but right. then also like, I needed you. Mm-hmm. And like, you just came up on that deck yeah. and whatever and plopped her right into my life and, and I was like you too I'm like yeah. you signed up for me when I was broke unemployed <laughs> had no idea what I was doing with my life I was like and ever since now we've been together like and it sounds so corny and stupid but like my life has just gotten better there has not I cannot say that without saying there's been absolute horrible valleys in there too mm-hmm. But the general trajectory of ever since, like, when I met Paul, it's been an upward trend, right. which is, like, what you want. Yeah. If your life is static, status quo, if it's static yeah. or even trending downward, like, you, you might want to have, like, a really hard look at yourself and yeah. your relationship and whatever. And, like, is this really serving you and that other person? Mm-hmm. And I'll also never forget, too, within the first, like, probably four or five months of us dating, we were, we try to go out, like, now we prioritize, we call it first Fridays. The first Friday of every month, we are for us we yeah. go out on a date we take turns planning it every other month and someone said that to us they were like build that in and carve it out because if you say you're going to do it you're not like yeah. it's life is too crazy yeah. but so within that first four or five months of us dating he was working at this company and he had this shitty boss where Paul was living in Chelmsford at the time mm-hmm. which for those of you who are not Massachusetts Massachusetts geographically located it's like an hour northwest of Boston he was working on a job site up in Amesbury which is like an hour and a half just north of Boston. Mm -hmm. The company was based in Canton, which is about 30 to 40 minutes south of Boston. So we got that triangle, okay? His boss, every Friday, wanted to have a one-on-one at 3.30 in Canton. And on more than one occasion, 
Paul would show up to an empty office and Chuck had just decided he was going home for the day. Oh, oh sorry. I forgot God. to let you know. <gasps> sorry. I just drove from Amesbury to Canton and yeah. I live in Chelmsford. Yeah. So we went out one night and I said, I was, I hadn't been dating that long, but yeah. Dan, but while I was dating Paul at the be in the first few months, like I made an active choice. Mm-hmm. I am going to be my legit, authentic, ratchet ass self with yeah. this guy. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Truly. And so I was like, this is like pretty fucked up that you're, this guy is just like, yeah, no, you're, we're, you're leaving. I'm like, have you like said anything or like have you ever considered maybe like looking elsewhere or whatever and he was like honestly I hadn't really up until that point and, and then he left he got another job and the company and now he's in a company that we were talking about last night and I'm like so proud of him he's just like he's like I I feel like I do really really well at this company and like yeah. I, the culture's really good and he's getting like promoted through the ranks it's all going really well but like for both of us it's been a very mutually beneficial relationship in ways other than just like yeah. tell me i'm pretty or like what like, no you've always like said like, you've always said that you guys have like you're very strong and like you're 50 50 yeah yeah and then i mean this is kind of fast forwarding but like yeah. when you lost your job mm-hmm. and you were like well i'm still gonna pay like my half of the mortgage and then finally you were like call it i'm and, bleeding myself dry and yeah. he's like it's okay Melissa. Yeah. you know like yeah that's fine like I'm good <laughs> yeah I can't believe we've gone this long in the podcast without me mentioning that I'm obsessed with Beyonce but Beyonce told me very young always 50 50 in relationships and yeah. like I've I take that to my core I take a lot of pride in like upholding my 50 percent. but like like you said I lost my job and like I had savings and I I I didn't want other people to be affected by my situation right I wanted to be able to uphold my end of the the agreement and we were married at this point yeah. this isn't like we're yeah. dating right. like we bought our house four four years ago now. So like we were just dating when we first bought it, but like now we're married. We yeah. are we are an entity legally. Yeah. And I was like, and even still sometimes we'll get dinner and we split the bill. Yeah. Like, and people are like, you guys are fucking weird. I'm like, I I kind of like it. I don't know. Maybe yeah. or if he buys it, I'll be like, I'll buy breakfast in the morning. I and don't like, know. It works for you. So it, does. it doesn't matter. Right. So, but like it's just like, and he when it finally I like literally had to put my tail between my legs. It felt like putting my tail between my legs and swallowing my pride and being like, I'm I'm not going to be able to swing it this month. And he's like, think about how long you just went with swinging it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm proud of you. He's like, you didn't have to do that. I told you this whole time, like, it would have been yeah. fine. Like, I was anticipating it when this happened. But yeah. like, it's it's not a big deal. Like, this yeah. is life. And he was like, you would do the same for me, which yeah. I actually like not had. But he also got laid off from a job in a um, before we got married. And same thing, like I started I would buy dinner and yeah. I'm like, don't worry about it. No, you're yeah. not buying breakfast tomorrow. Like you we're figuring out your job situation. So yeah. it's just like, it's the mutual respect thing. It's like, I don't know. And like, there were just certain things that he would do. Like, I remember we went down the Cape to my parents' Cape house and like, we're walking down to the beach. I'm like holding like my chair in a bag and he has like the cooler, a chair, a bag, towels. And he's like, want me to grab that? Let me take your chair. Let me take it. I'm like, you literally are a walking Sherpa right now. And like, it was very weird for me to be like, like, it's a double-edged thing because I'm like, I love that you want to help me and take care of mm-hmm. me, but I also take so much pride in being able to like be my own person. Yeah. And one thing that we've always said that I think that's why our relationship works so well. And I've had, I had a psychic tell me before we got together that this next relationship is going to be completely different than any relationship you've ever been in. And it's going to be like an infinity sign because an infinity sign only works if you have two complete circles that come together. Mm-hmm. If one of those circles is broken, it's not an infinity sign. Mm-hmm. And I literally feel like I couldn't be more true. Like Paul and I work so well because we know at any given moment, the other person could leave and be totally fine. Yeah. It's not at all like, I mean, there were points where 
it was kind of codependent. They like were like, you were just saying. But you're you're leaning on each other when you need each other. Yes. But you're not daily relying. Correct. Yeah. Right. So it's like. Which a lot of relationships don't have. Right. Yeah. And I, I didn't. And then I can't say, like you said, uh, like you were asking, like, I didn't know right off the bat, like, mm-hmm. that this is like how it should be. It was like an uncomfortable thing for me to get used to of like having someone who actually did really care about me and wanted to help take care of me and yeah. whatever. So do you think that, I mean, obviously if you didn't have that first relationship in college, imagine if, no, imagine if, you know, Paul was like that first boyfriend in college, but you met him after college, whatever. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. probably would have thought that he was too good to be true and mm-hmm. he was too nice. Mm-hmm. And you probably wouldn't have been married. Yeah. Because you didn't have that horrible experience of like everything you didn't want. I would have literally written him off as just a nice guy yeah. and not wanted him. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot of times too, with like, I've had friends where they're like, they'll either be on like Tinder, Bumble, whatever they'll go on a date. I'm like, how did it go? They're like, I don't know. And like, it, I'm just nervous. Like he's like really nice. I'm like, embrace it. Like it's lean so into it. I like the same thing. you don't have to look for a fuck boy. Yeah. Like, and like you even had someone recently where like, you're like, I don't know like I text him or I'm gonna call him or something like should he have called me I'm like the fact that we're even talking about this or you're asking these questions throw him away he, throw him he away. ended up having a, a girlfriend so. shocker Emily <laughs> oh my god so note to self when Melissa tells you um that he's not it you should probably believe her when you're sitting up in the higher ground studio and I'm saying should I go over for a booty call and she's like probably not you should just know what did I say oh you told me to go if I wasn't gonna have feelings Yes. I and... said, go and serve whatever you need to be served without strings. Um, like, and I told myself there'd be no strings, but that's never the case. <laughs> oh my God. That's I love funny. you. Um, okay. So now let's just like fast forward a little bit. First yeah. of all, you got a new car for your birthday, which is amazing. Also like shout out Paul again. Okay. Okay. Um, but again, this is one of those things where like, on the outside looking in, I don't want it to look like that. Like, I didn't even really post it on Instagram because, like, I don't want people to be like, he's her sugar daddy. No. Or things like that. But what people, like, so my car, I bought my own car yeah. right out of college, had it for 10 years. At the end of last summer, it was, like, right before Labor Day, just shit the bed. We yeah. don't, we still don't really even know what happened. But Paul's very good. He's, like, a wicked gearhead. He, like, fixes trucks and yeah. bikes and boats and all of this. He's, like, I got it. I'll fix it. I'll figure out the part. He's tried, like, four or five different things, and it still hasn't fucking worked. Yeah. So he has a work truck so I've been driving his truck Mm -hmm. which his truck is also probably at least 10 15 years old and it's kind of also almost on the way out yeah so our plan was I thought my our intention was we would trade both of them in and just get something yeah he came home the Friday last Friday right before my birthday and I was like oh how was your day whatever and he was like good he's like your your presence outside I my first thought I thought he got us another dog (laughs) I was like oh my god and like my heart dropped I was like oh my god oh my god and then I like I perked up and I looked out our bay window and it was in the driveway I was like he was like that's your new car and I was like what (laughs) he was like it's yours what do you think and I was like my what and I literally burst into tears I was like are you fucking kidding me He's like, you've been driving my piece of shit around for too long. Like, you deserve this. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. like, incredible. So I thought we were just talking to, like, I was like, what do I name her? And I'm like, well, maybe it's not a her. Maybe it's a him. But then I'm like, no, it's a her. And her name is Mr. Big <laughs> because I don't I love Sex in the City. And I just, I don't know. I love that whole thing, too. But That's crazy. I love this story. Okay. So I don't know why, too. I keep thinking about, um, got married twice technically like, <laughs> yes. like to the same man yes to Paul twice um 
But those pictures of you too are like night and day from your oh, first wedding. Yeah. And then like your post COVID wedding. Mm-hmm. When you showed me that, I'm like, I'm like, listen, that's actually not you. I know. Like you just are glowing like, I... from the inside out. Yeah. And it's so like just to hear that. I mean, obviously, we all go through shit. Yeah. Every single, every single person mm-hmm. on this earth. Yeah. But to hear, like, you know, you really weren't happy for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then to, like, literally even sitting here right now, like, you glow. Like, <laughs> you just ran the Boston Marathon. So you teach a higher ground fitness. You teach a pure bar. Like, you have, like, a killer job and you're, like, a badass. And they, they literally wanted you. Like, your old boss was right. like, hey, can like, come back. Like, yeah. you got fired. And then now you have a boss who values you. Well, I got you know laid I mean? off from the what? last one. Okay, but we, yeah, we get laid off. I got fired from Merrill. We got fired. We've gone both. Laid off. <laughs> We've done it all. And then our boss says, come back. Like, yes. we're going to pay a lot of money for you. Yeah. Like- yeah. Well, so I had, after I met Paul, like, we started dating. I got my job, original job at Boston University. Mm-hmm. And working at a college, you can go back to school. So yeah. I was like, okay, this is my chance to, like, really reset and figure out what I want to do. Yeah. So one of the girls that I worked with at the time was like, try a project management course. She was like, she, I, I was like, I think MBAs, anybody who has an MBA, I respect the hell out of you yeah. because it's a lot of work and it's a lot of money. And I almost feel like now it's kind of like when you're doing like a bachelor's degree, it's like, it's almost just like an expectation in certain mm-hmm. cases and it doesn't totally. necessarily feel like an accomplishment anymore. Totally. So I didn't want to, I wasn't going in an MBA direction. I was like, yeah, project management is like applicable to so many different things, yeah. construction, event yeah. planning, marketing, like so many different things. So I tried that first class and it was funny. The the first night I go into this class and you can take a class without being enrolled in the program. You mm-hmm. can kind of just see if you like it. And yeah. then if you get a good grade, you can apply it to yeah. um, when you're eventually in the course. That first night we go walk into the room and each table had a bag of Legos on it. Have I told you this story? No. Oh my God. You're going to love this. There was a bag of Legos on every table and we were all just like, it's the first night. So you don't, you're just picking a seat. Like there's no assigned seats. You just yeah. kind of have to sit at the table you're sitting at. So we sit at a table and the instruct, the professor was like, all right, welcome to basically like project management 101, whatever. He's like project management, iron triangle It's time, cost and scope. How long is it going to take you to do it? What are you, what are the requirements for it to be delivered and how much is going to cost you to do it? Mm-hmm. So he's like, there's a bag of Legos on your table right here. And this is what you're building. And he holds up a Jedi ship. It's like a little Lego Jedi ship. He's like, you're going to, each table is going to appoint a project manager. I'm bringing this Jedi ship. This is day one. Day one of my grad school life career. Okay. (laughs) He's like, I'm bringing this Jedi ship out into the hallway. You're going to appoint a project manager from your table to come out to the hallway with me. You can't touch the ship. You can look at it. You can draw something if you want. You can take inventory of what pieces, whatever, but you can't touch it. Then you're going to take those instructions back into the room and tell your team how to build it. But you can't touch any of the pieces. He's like, you guys have, I think it was like 10 minutes, 15 minutes to do it, whatever it is. He's like, after that first time you go out into the hallway, anytime you go back out there deducts one minute from your time. When you finish, if there are any pieces out of place, each piece that's out of place, you get a minute deducted from your net time. So it was like the wildest, craziest little experiment. Like we're sitting at the table and literally nobody's saying anything. So I'm just like, all right, I'll be project manager, like whatever. And I also have the art background. I'm like, oh, I can probably draw something and figure it out. So we go out, I draw it and I, we see the other teams and we're figuring it out. We all netted out basically long story short, my team wins. Like we have the best net time. 
So I leave this class. I call my dad. I'm like, dad, I, I know what I want to do with the rest of my life. And my dad's like, what? This is your first day. I'm like, we built a Jedi ship and my team won. He's like, you played with fucking Legos on your first day of grad school at Boston University. This like big, yeah. I'm like, listen, like it was a very powerful experience, whatever. I'm like, I'm like, but this like makes sense. Like, I don't know. The time cost scope. Yeah. It's very logical. It's very anything anything that has a start and a finish is a project mm -hmm. cleaning your room mm -hmm. baking cupcakes taking your dog for a walk yeah. it can literally be a project yeah so I just thought it was a very cool universal like skill degree mm -hmm. to have whatever so I get go through that whole program while I'm working and then I get a job with Boston University Marketing mm -hmm. which is basically like an in-house creative agency which I I didn't realize the caliber of the talent that they had there until I started working there. Mm -hmm. They win marketing awards against like Dunkin' Donuts and like oh, wow. these big name, like they're, it's really cool. Yeah. I've gone to like some of the cool award, like ceremony things. Um, but so I started working there and I finished my degree and I got promoted, but the promotion, I was hoping that the promotion was going to come with like a pretty solid pay raise. Mm -hmm. It didn't. Mm -hmm. And I was like, at this time, like Paul and I were trying to buy a house. Like I was trying to like little baby steps leveling up here and there and all yeah. this stuff but like I was like I need more than this yeah. like and so literally the only reason I left was for the money yeah. I ended up applying to a company I won't mention the company's name on here just because I'm not trying to like yeah. slander but it was it's a company that like I use their products mm -hmm. I love it it was in the beauty industry so side note I also did like makeup on the side for weddings I sold skincare with a uh, multi-level marketing company like, and I still do. I love it. I'm not going to sit here and bash on monthly level marketing. Like yeah. I'm, I'm the biggest fan girly of it. So, but, but that was my coolest, like it was a hair care company. So I was like, this is fucking awesome. You're it's like the beauty circle. trifecta. Yeah. I'm a makeup artist. I sell skincare and I'm going to work in a corporate hair place yeah. as a project manager. Yeah. Hell yes. So I'm overjoyed. Like when I got that offer letter, A, the money was mint, like yeah. throw up, so pumped, never made this money. And it wasn't six figures. It was yeah. just comparatively to whatever I made before yeah. in my career. I was like, yeah. holy shit. Right. So I like was so pumped. Within a month of me being at that job, I was like, fuck, mm -hmm. this is not what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. I am not a personal assistant. I'm a project manager. I'm not, why am I like, getting you coffee and shit. Like literally I'm not a person. I have a master's degree. Yeah. I am not your little bitch intern. Yeah. Like, and not to be that girl that's like, yeah. I have a master's degree, but it's like, yeah. this woman didn't know what a product, it was like, she almost like mislabeled the job name. Like she needed a personal assistant and I was hired up. It was like, Oh, she's a project manager and she has a master's yeah. degree in her mind. She's like bonus, bonus, bonus. In my mind, I'm like, this is what they want. And like, yeah. so yeah. whatever. Two years of my life, super toxic. I ended up going out on medical leave for clinical burnout. I had doctors like looking at me being like, you're running the fast track to early onset dementia. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, my grandmother had dementia. Yeah. So like I, that would hit way too close to home. Yeah. I was like, that's really fucking scary to me. So I went out on leave for 12, 12 weeks. And while I was out on leave, I hired an intuition alignment coach. Mm -hmm. I was also going to therapy. I was also getting like Medicaid and everything too. But I was like, again, very spiritual kind of woo woo person. Yeah. She was the one who helped me dial in all that stuff. And she's actually the one who taught me the to put the picture next to your bed with a glass of water yeah. and all of that. Um, so before all of that, like, like prior, like prior to you, like going to BU yeah. and getting this job, like, did you have any idea? Like, uh, and you told me before we started, you know, you would, you would pray to grace and like, that's kind of, mm -hmm. you were, you grew up oh, talking yeah, yeah. to people. Yep. But like before that, did you have any idea that you had like a little bit of 
Yes. So my dad's mom died when he was 17 and her name is Grace. I'm named Melissa Grace after her. And when I was brought being raised, they were like, if you need help, if you want like to, you could talk to Grace, like just pray to Grace, talk to her. So I was literally brought up conditioned knowing and like being comfortable with talking to dead people. Someone said that to me once they were like, oh, wow, you've just been like talking to dead people since you were little. I'm like, (laughs) oh yeah, I guess you're right. Because some people it's like, it's a huge loss when someone dies. But I'm, I feel so blessed now to know that like, they're here. It's so, it's a, it's just different now. Like, and so with grace, like I went to a psychic and actually it was the same one that told me the infinity sign thing too. The person was like, grace wants to know why you don't ask her for help anymore. And when they said that I lit, they had not brought up grace at all. It was just, it wasn't even like who's grace. All of a sudden it was just like, grace wants to know why you don't ask her for help anymore. And when I was little, it would be like, Oh, I have a spelling test. Like help me do good on my spelling test. My dad's mad at me. Like, don't let him be mad at me anymore. And then it was like, you get into like high school and college and you're like, what the fuck am I even doing? Who am I talking to? Like, and so, and that was like 21, 22 years old. So I was still pretty young. I was, they were like, she was like, grace wants to know why you don't talk to her anymore. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. So that was kind of like a, okay, trying to get reacquainted with like, well, how, how do I talk to her and what do I talk to her about and whatever, and kind of just kept it. I, my only, from like then until I went out on leave for burnout, it was basically just like go visit her at the cemetery. I kind of just like talked to her here and there. it wasn't formal. It was just kind of like a, I think this is working. I don't right. know. There wasn't a lot of tension, a lot of intention behind it. So once I hired this intuition alignment coach, like we dug in, she did like a past life regression on me. She like did all this shit and come to find out she literally was like, your whole maternal line is full of witches. And I was like, what? She's like, literally, she's like, your grandmother, did she have like some like issues? Was she like kind of a drinker? I was like, yeah, she was a functioning alcoholic. She was like, that's because she was also a psychic medium. She knew she had these gifts and she didn't actually really want to have six kids. She suppressed it. She she almost accidentally fell into this life of having six children and being a mom and drinking was her way to cope with it because she knew that she wanted to do something bigger and she was meant for something bigger and she suppressed it. And I was like, like, that's my nanny. My nanny was a badass witch and she was sad that she couldn't be a badass witch because she like not accidentally had six kids, but like, that's just what you did. You got married. Like it was like, what the, 50, I was gonna say back then you can't be like oh I think that I can talk to dead people you'd be putting a straitjacket <laughs> yeah. and like get electrocuted yeah. like literally they'd throw yeah. you in a home real quick yeah. like so it sucked but it was it was also really enlightening because then she was like she's your like your co-pilot basically mm-hmm. like and not grace this nanny this is on the mm-hmm. other side my mom's mom grace was my dad's mom nanny mary yep. is my mom's mom so nanny she's like she wants you to like make up for all of it. She's like, this is the life where you're, okay. you're going to get your, she goes, you're going to get your wings in this life of mm-hmm. like, you were, this is, you're spreading your wings and you're doing what your whole line was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And she's going to help you do it. Like, and she'll be damned if you don't or something yeah. like that. And I was like, wow. So like, that was very eye opening. Doing the past life regression was really cool too. It was like me as like a little Victorian girl and like having to sit oh. in my house and play the piano and not being able to go outside and like, whatever. It's like, you've learned so many things about like, why you have ingrained things like why do I always feel like I have FOMO whatever I think that all the time I'm like why am I like this like you're yeah. not just born and then all of a sudden you know you have anxiety it's like like yeah. you that's something that happened to you before yeah like before we were born and you're like carrying it this life I totally think totally. that totally yeah so in that 12 weeks I was doing this coaching 
four weeks into that 12 weeks. So this, I, I went out on leave January 1st of 2021. Mm -hmm. My father-in-law passed January 30th of 2021. Mm -hmm. Paul and I got engaged November, 2020. We'd been together for, I think it was like five or six years at that point. And I was like, listen, like, I want your dad there. Yeah. And not for nothing. Like my grandfather's also getting up there and I, he's my last living grandparent. Yeah. Like I want him there too. Yeah. I'm not trying to put pressure on you, but the walls are closing it. Yeah. Kind of. And uh, like, I'm not doing this because I'm like, I want a ring. It's like, this is where you will be sad. I want my family. Yes. Yeah. If this doesn't, I don't know. So it was November, 2020. And this was thick of COVID. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want a fucking COVID wedding. Like I'm not playing this game of like, yeah, we're going to try to have it here. No, we're going to punt the date again. No, yeah. we're going to, no, yeah. I don't, as again, project manager, that's a nightmare. Yeah. Not trying to do that. So I was like, October, 2022, we'll just punt it till then. And like, you could see the look on my in-laws faces of like, we don't have that kind of time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck. My sister-in-law was already engaged and she had her wedding planned for September of 2021. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, so what? We're going to jump the gun on Leanne and Ian? Like, I don't want to also be that person of like, right. I know you guys are engaged and have your thing happy, but oh, we're engaged too. And we're going to, but we're going to get married first. Like, I was like, we need to have like a conference call with Leanne and Ian. Like, yeah. I need to know a hundred thousand percent. Like they know the, what we're thinking and whatever. Cause we're like, Maybe we just get our shit together and plan something for June. Yeah. Like, we'll just hope for the best. So we did. We had that call. And Leanne and Ian were like, 100,000%. Like, we understand. Ian had also lost his dad the August prior from yeah. melanoma, unfortunately, which was like, the universe puts the people in your life that are supposed to be there. Like, yeah. the fact that Leanne and Ian had each other with both of their dads going through the same thing in parallel, like, yeah, that was like a very devastating but cool thing to yeah. see that they had each other. So we plan a wedding for June. And then... Um, like two or three weeks into January, Gary had a seizure and fell. Gary is my father-in-law, yeah. um, had a seizure, fell, broke eight ribs, um, was brought to Lowell General. They transferred him to Mass General because that's where all of his doctors were. Mm -hmm. And thank God that the Mass General people, angels, whoever they are that work there, they knew it was more or less an end of life situation. So they put him on an ortho trauma floor mm -hmm. instead of the cancer floor mm -hmm. so that we could go see him because it was COVID which I'm still like, so grateful to, I don't even know if I'm ratting people out, like, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> but like, it was the biggest gift yeah. that we were able to go there. So he was able to come home, but we were able to get a hospice bed in their living room. Um, he was home for, and we didn't know how long it was going to be like, yeah. we're going to bring you home. And like, you could, you could you be alive yeah. for another week. Yeah. We have no idea. And it was kind of like, we all had this moment of like looking around of like, holy shit, like, this is now on us. Like, yeah, yeah the hospice nurse is going to be, like, here and there and whatever, mm -hmm. but, like, we're not in a hospital. Like, yeah. we are taking care of him. Like, we're helping him. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So I am so weirdly comfortable with death. Mm -hmm. Like, I watched my grandfather pass. My grandfather had lung cancer. Um, I was 14, and it was, like, he went into a coma. Our whole family basically knew he was, he was in a hospice bed in my aunt's den in her back of her house. And so our whole family, 14 grandchildren, everybody, it was, like, middle of August, we went there. He was in a coma for three days because we knew he was going to pass. We were basically all saying our goodbyes. And then my cousin Diana, someone was like, Diana, you should sing Poppy a song. She's like, oh, what do I sing him? They're like, sing God bless America. She sings the song. He, he opens his eyes, takes his last breath. And that was it. Like, and I literally, we're all sitting in the room. And I'm like, did, did that just happen? And literally he passed with all of us around him. And it was so fucking weird. And like, have you ever seen someone pass? Mm -mm. Most people haven't. But like you take your last breath, your body still wants to keep going. Like your your heart does stop and like you stop breathing, but like your chest does this weird thing where like mm -hmm. you're still trying to breathe and like it death, I say to people, it, it's just as beautiful and just as ugly as birth, I think. Like 
birth is messy, but it's like this beautiful gift and whatever. Death is also not pretty, but it's like you're helping someone cross the other side. So that was my first instance with that. They have this little book called like what not to what to expect when you're expecting. It's like what to expect when someone's dying. It's like (laughs) what the physical signs are. Like if they start to talk about like seeing someone who's dead, like they're like my grandfather before he went into the coma, he would just like reach his hand out and be like just reaching in the air Mm -hmm. for someone. And I'm like, you like someone's like reaching for you. Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to get pulled to somewhere. And so we started to notice with Gary, like that day when we brought him home, like there were just signs of like, he's going downhill. Like we're, this is happening. So we had to call his two of his brothers. They came up within like an hour or two of them getting there. He ended up passing and it was like, he waited and he knew and like, he couldn't really talk at all that at that point. But so getting back to the original point, like I hadn't told any of them that I was doing this like intuition alignment coaching thing Mm -hmm. until we were like, all right, we're going to bring him back to the house for hospice, whatever. And then I I pulled my mother-in-law aside. I go, you're going to want to either hit me right now or like think that this is kind of a decently cool thing. I was Mm -hmm. like, but given the whole burnout thing, I like I hired an intuition alignment coach. I'm trying to just get myself together, but I've also been tuning in a lot to my psychic medium things. I'm like, and I'm getting Reiki certified. Yeah. I was like, I would love to like set up a little altar and have crystals and like we can play really calming music and whatever. She's like, I love it. Yeah. Run with it. Do yeah. it. So we and I love her and I I so appreciate her for trusting me with that. And like it was just it was like a really wild experience to be able to like set up the room for him and like his my sister-in-law Leanne, she's a nurse. Like yeah. she like helped make his bed and like it, it was it was awful. But it's like when I go this is what I want. Right. My immediate family, like creating this incredible, beautiful, calming environment to just Mm -hmm. be around me and be with me as I'm like, yeah, not in a car accident, not like a, like you're in a hospital under lights or what, like just in a calm, we're all here. It's okay. Like do what you got to do. And so like, it was a really wild experience. It was almost not that he knew, but like, going through the training, so to speak of psychic mediumship. And then your father-in-law died. And I was like pretty close with him. Like I, I respected him so much. Like he's a marathoner. He's the reason I ran the marathon Mm -hmm. this year. So it was really cool to like, I'm texting my intuition coach. I'm like, SOS, give me all the fucking spells, the whatever (laughs) we need, like, how do we help him? And she was like, I want you to like, whatever crystals you have, like take them with you. She's like, I want you to go and sit at his feet and just hold his feet. And I want you to think of pulling all of the energy you can from the earth up through your body and shooting it into his body as if you're trying to rocket ship him up into heaven almost. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I can do that. So he ends up passing and it was like the days and weeks that followed after that, like he has been one of my biggest stewards in like validating, like, yeah, there I'm still fucking here (laughs) like I'm still here what you're thinking and seeing and knowing is right don't let anybody tell you it's not like and I don't have you seen the movie Coco no everybody needs to see the movie Coco it's basically based on Dia de los Muertos like the whole Mexican so when you die it's almost like you you go through like a TSA checkpoint and you're then you're into heaven yeah the only way you can come back and visit your ancestors on an earth side is if they have a picture out of you Okay. Because that means that they care about you and they want you to come and visit. If there's yeah. no picture out, it's like you get a big X when you go through the security. Like, yeah. nope, sorry, you can't go. They don't They don't really care about you. Yeah. And then the other thing is their soul only stays alive on that side so long as people talk about them and keep their memory alive. Mm-hmm. As soon as the last person dies with, the, with their memory and talking about them, then their soul then dies on the other side. So we have 
in our fa- in our house now and at both of our weddings we had they call it an ofrenda yeah. which is basically an altar with pictures out of yeah. their deceased so we have a picture of grace we got gary we got yeah. my grandparents like and it's it's been really really fucking cool to have gary be like i always had grace and then i had both of my other grandparents too who passed like my grandfather who um we watched him die mm-hmm. and then my nanny who is the the witch but then to have gary who i'm not related to yeah but then I was very close to and I respect him so much to like to have all of them and like to know 100 percent that they're with me and they help drive so much yeah. of my life. It's like it's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, the the first wedding in June, we did go through. We were thought about not doing it after yeah. he passed. We we're like, well, the whole point kind of was yeah. to have. But then I'm like, he would be so pissed if we didn't yeah. do it. Yeah. The second wedding was more so of like the bigger post COVID wedding of. um with friends and family. It was also and, just like a different you. Yeah. Yeah. And that I was just, I was like sad. I was grieving. I was, and then we got married in June. I got laid off in July mm-hmm. of that year. Um, but the pictures of me from that wedding, like, yeah, I was not, I was still very much in the throes of like grieving it, like grieving him, but then like grieving for my husband too. Mm-hmm. Like my husband just lost his dad mm-hmm. and like duality exists, but like I can't be sadder than he is because yeah. he just lost his dad. Like I can be sad. I lost a father-in-law. Yeah. Like it, yeah. my future kids now, I, my future kids are going to grow yeah. up talking to dead people because they have grandpa Gary, yeah. like, or Papa Gary, whatever we're going to yeah. call him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I don't even know, but like, but so that, that was kind of like, it, it's okay because like, I know that I'm okay. And that I was brought mm-hmm. up like that, but it does make me sad. Cause yeah. I'm like, wow. Like I always had envy and jealousy of people who had all four grandparents. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So when I was laid off from that company in July, I, again, it was another, here we go. Yeah. We're going to reset. What are we doing? And my friend Leah, shout out to Leah, was like, I'm wor- just working the desk at Pure Bar. She's like, you might as well get a free membership. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, okay, why not? So I did that, started working the desk. And then I was like, I could teach this. This would be really cool. Yeah. And um, and I had wanted to be a bar teacher. Um, this woman, Jamie, used to own Studio Bar in Dedham. She had asked me a few times, like, one of, but it was in the thick of, like, I was working full time in grad school. Yeah. It, like, wasn't the time, wasn't the place. I'm like, now I have all day, every day to learn how to be this <laughs> I have instructor. All the time. I literally have all of the time to learn how to be an instructor right now. So I did that. It was super cool, super empowering. Hardest thing I've ever done, yeah, for the, sure. Their, their training is, like, intense. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. You go to a three or four day all day training where you're also taking class from a master instructor. So they beat the shit out of you yeah. <laughs> before they even teach you anything. They're like, we're just going to keep you humble real quick. But I mean, to their credit, there's a absolute method behind the madness. Yeah. Like their class is 50 minutes for a reason. The warm up is X amount of minutes for a reason. Right. Like there's, I, I am the instructor I am because of the, the basis that I have from pure bar. Yeah. And I really do appreciate that. Um, but so I did that for like six or seven months and then, but then it started to be like, okay, financially, like this is not yeah. sustainable. I can't just be a fucking yeah. bar instructor and also own a home and pay yeah. a mortgage. Yeah. So like, and like live my life. <laughs> right. So I'm like, I, there needs to be a little bit more here. So I, I was, I think I was going on LinkedIn to make sure that my profile was even up to date. Yeah. And I had had a message from my old boss three weeks previous to that. And she was like, Hey, a little LinkedIn creeping shows me that you're not working for XYZ company anymore. Yeah. She's like, we could definitely use the help. Would you ever be interested in contract work? Yeah. And I was like, absolutely. I would like, she has no idea. Like yeah. I'm struggling right now. So, um, and I had been doing freelance things like contract roles for like um, social media management and marketing yeah. strategy and just like one-off things. Yeah. But again, it was a lot of work and I don't know, 
So I was like, yeah, I would absolutely do that. And then she was like, okay, well, like, what's your, what's your rate and whatever. And I'm like, like the only basis I had was actually Leah used to be my assistant project manager at that former company. Yeah. I'm like, we paid Leah X amount per hour. I'm like, I don't know, like five bucks an hour. And she's like, she's like, okay, let me take that and I'll go whatever. And I think I remember I was with you where I was like, I just found out that they basically were like, yeah, I was like, and you were like, holy shit, Melissa. Like we were sitting at Darcy's beach club and you were talking to me and I'm in recruiting. So I was like, holy fuck i'm like they're paying a lot of money for you they really wanted you like yeah because it's pretty much doubled so they're paying like from when i left it was bucks an hour for you yeah no literally well oh yeah with the fees and markups yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right no that it was compared to what i made when i was when i left there it was more than double yeah so it's just i'm like and it's and it's a one level below where i left yeah and you were so So i have less responsibility you were so humble you were like yeah, I think it's gonna be like a really good job. I'm excited. And I'm like, dude, like, that, like. well, because like I said, when I left there, it was just the money that made yeah. me left. Yeah. My boss is, is, and was the best boss. Like yeah. she is the type of boss where like you can go and do something or say something that's like completely fucking wrong. She will still have your back in front of everybody, but then she's going to pull you into her mm-hmm. office and be like, so we're never doing that again. Yeah. Here's why. Yeah. And like going for, and, but like, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're gonna, you'll be my like mama bird and protect me. But then like, you're also going to teach me like, yeah. no, no, we yeah. got to do this a different way and whatever. Yeah. So she's not like now my boss again. Yeah. And I love her so much. And like, and she, I actually shout out to Trish. She, we shout had out a, Trish. We had a one-on-one today. And actually she literally said to me, like, she was like, okay, I'm so, I'm so excited. Like things have just been going really well in the last couple of weeks. She's like, and I don't even remember how it came up. She's like, I just never want you to get back to that where you were when you were left mm. or at XYZ place. Like, She's like, that is awful. I never want to be that person. She's like, I always want you to just be happy and whatever. I'm like, I am so happy here. It's a totally different world. Yeah. People close their laptops at 5 p.m. They do not open them on the weekends. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I love it. But yeah. So that was the contract role. Yeah. Since then, I've now been pulled into my old original first boss's job there. So when I was first pulled into marketing, I was the project manager of print design. Yeah. And I worked under the associate director of print design. I got promoted to be the manager of creative services and then work under Trish. Mm-hmm. So the old woman that I worked under was Emily. Emily just left in May and I'm now the interim for her job. And I'm in the process of applying and knock on wood, 90% sure I'll get it. So <laughs> I am the interim associate director of print design at Boston University, which is like, that's huge. That's literally huge. The fact that the word director, I can't yeah. even say it. The word director <laughs> is in like a job title for yeah. me. I'm like, yeah. you went from literally like a customer service rep yeah. to a, potentially hopefully a director level yeah like that's just insane it's crazy but it doesn't happen overnight this no. is this is what I'm trying to get yeah. at is like yeah. I yes started in like the doldrums pits of my own yeah. hell and whatever and again it, it's not like I started there and it was like I just slowly crawled my way up and yeah. I went to school and I got my degree yeah. and whatever no 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 yeah. there's been a lot of detours there's been yeah. a lot of potholes flat tires broken down cars on road dead like and and so that's why it's been cool to like when I just turned 32 to sit back and look at these two pictures next to each other and be like wow like this poor little fucking girl if she only knew like what was to come good bad or indifferent like the good stuff the bad stuff all of it like it all shapes you and it all helps to put you on the right path of where you're supposed to be yeah so that same girl that was my intuition alignment coach she just did like a group reading a group Mm -hmm. call whatever and she had said um, a couple of years ago, she's like, 
and just getting that like your throat chakra is completely blocked and like you need to unblock it. It mm-hmm. is so uh, integral and it's a part of what you're supposed to do and who you're supposed to be. She's like, you're supposed to be in this realm of like media and stuff like that. And I was like, oh yeah, it makes sense. I work in marketing and whatever. And then like the throat chakra, I'm like, oh, I'm a fitness instructor, blah, blah, blah. But like this podcast is like, I want it to be like the culmination of all of it. Yeah. Like, and I meet so many people and I've talked to so many people and like this, is, these are the stories of like, yeah, you look at me and I'm here, but you have no, and like people say it, you think, you know, you have no idea, MTV diaries type of thing. Yeah. But like you, you literally have no idea. So that's what I want to like, hopefully get people to hear and to understand is like the shittiest moments in your life are going to be what shapes you. And that's why I get excited for them because it's like you, if everything's going well, you have no reason to gut check yourself. Right. You have no reason to want to pivot. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah. So if you're in a perpetual place of like everything's perfect, where do you go from there? And it's just like people are so scared to shake things up in their life. And it's like if you don't, then like you're you're aren't you bored? Like and again, I'm super ADHD and I get distracted about things all the time. So like I can't live the same year 75 times over and call it a life like that will not be my life. I need to do different things. I need to, I want things to be able to benchmark. Like, yeah, yeah, when I was 31, I ran the marathon. When I was 32, I started a podcast when I like, and that's not that I want to do 800 million different things, but like to have a life to look back on. Yeah. Instead of being like, I just worked. Yeah. And I got married. Speaking (laughs) back to Right. (laughs) And that's the thing is, and even like, there, I don't know. I just, I feel like people just do it because it's the next logical step. And like, it's, it's really hard. Cause it's like, I, yeah, I absolutely want to have kids with Paul. Like Paul as a child was the fucking most adorable human. <laughs> his contact phone when he calls me is a picture of him when he was little and he has these glasses on and his, his like chin is on his knee and he's making the cutest face. And I'm like, Oh my God, I want those. Yes. But like also I still have shit I want to do. And I know that when I have kids, it's not about me anymore and it's about them. And like, I want to help, like, I want to feel not complete, but like, I want to feel like I've either not, I don't even want to say check boxes because that's not what it's about either. But it's just like, I know that there's never a right time. And I know there's never like a good time to have kids. Same thing with like buying a house or doing what I never a right or correct time to do anything. Time is an anomaly. Time is not real. Like, but like, I just, I was up until very recently, I was not even in a place to like be a mom. Like yeah. I said to Paul, I'm like, I have my own depression and shit to worry yeah. about. Like the thought of bringing in a little human and like pretend, not resenting them, but like resenting yeah. my life because of them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want that. So I think I'm getting a lot closer to a place where I'm comfortable with like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. But there's just been so many things that I'm like, I want to, I don't know. I want to live life and I, I want to shake it up and I want to like, it's almost like when things are going well, I'm like, yeah, not waiting for a foot to drop, but I'm yeah. just like, um, yeah, what's going on? Yeah. So we're just like used to the shit. Yeah, <laughs> which know. is horrible. Which like, is horrible. We sh- like we shouldn't be like that. No, all of us as humans. I know. Like this isn't. This can't be happening. This is too good to be true. Right. Right. But it's not. It's not. Yeah. And like, but like knowing the difference too of like, yeah, some mm-hmm. things can be too good to be true, but like if it if it feels right and you, it will feel right. Mm -hmm. Like you will literally know in your bones. Yeah. And that's how I knew too, with like the whole wedding thing with Paul. I'm like, no, we just want to be married. Like the wedding thing is like a, the cherry on top, the frosting on the cake or whatever. But I'm like, I want it to be my husband. Yeah. And then people were like, Oh, how's married life? Is it different? I'm like, I would be concerned if it was like, (laughs) if all of a sudden it's night and day, just because we're married, like it's probably a huge red flag. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So 
but yeah, so I'm excited. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait to just have more people on and hopefully share these like shitty college stories yeah. and like getting fired, getting laid off, all these things. Like I want it, the, the signature is like, I, like, what's your life signature? It's like, I don't want people to be like, oh, Melissa, the podcaster, like that sells me nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that means I just talking to a microphone. Like yeah. pe- Melissa, like if they want to call an energetic healer, like, one of the highest compliments ever to me is like, I love your energy. Mm-hmm. When people tell, someone tells me they love my energy, like I could scream mm-hmm. because that feels good. Yeah. Or like you talk about like Darcy, Darcy, who owns Higher Ground, our, uh, we're sitting in our private room right now. So thanks, Darcy. Um, the Her Instagram thing, fitness and motherhood. That's literally what I think of when I think of Darcy is fitness and motherhood. So everybody kind of has this like life signature of like, what are you bringing to the table? And or did you build your own table? You don't have to, but like yeah. you could have. I don't know. So I'm super excited. I Me think too. it's going to be great. Me and too. hopefully people got like a little bit of a taste of it. Or they of got a lot of a taste of it. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I was like, I wonder, do I want to like try to keep it to like a half an hour or an hour or whatever? I'm like, fucking Joe Rogan has like a four hour podcast (laughs) weekly. I'm like, and or I listen to podcasts that are like two hours long and I'm like, you come back to it, whatever. You go back and like, wait, what did she say? Wait, she just said cunt. I need to go back. (laughs) I know. Literally. So yeah. So that's kind of like, I'm hoping, I mean, that's, that'll be every episode I hope is a little bit different, but I hope that at least the common thread in it is like hearing what people's life signature is and just knowing that like when you look at someone and where they are in life there's a lot more underneath that so yeah I'm hoping that that's where we go with this but I don't know anything else you want to know or what do you got I love you I love you thank you so much for being my interviewer (laughs) I can't wait to get on the other side of this now where like hopefully everybody's heard enough about me and now the rest of it will be about other people but I know all right yay First one in the books. <laughs> this episode of Signature Witch was created and produced by Melissa Dudek, interview by Emily Farrell, and music by Lord Uncle Dave. Check back next week to hear from our first official guest of the pod, founder and owner of Revved Indoor Cycling, Meg St. Mark. Until then, stay witchy, my friends. <laughs>